0: Welcome back to Extreme Voltage. My name is Dean Milconian and we are going to be discussing your four and two Los Angeles Chargers. That's right, six weeks in the books of this 2021 season. It's been a great ride so far. We'll give you a nice little synopsis between weeks one through six, culminating that Ravens loss, and we'll discuss all the details and analysis on your Chargers early season. Let's get started. Uh, Week one against a Washington football team. This was a this is a, a Rashawn Slater game, I think, quite honestly. this uh, All eyes, at least for me, were focused on that left tackle, first-round draft pick, and he did not disappoint. Slater did a great job blocking against Chase Young and that fearsome uh, foursome of the Washington football team's defense. Um, of course, Ryan Fitzpatrick was, uh, was hurt in this game with that uh, massive hip injury. It was a nice start for the season as your Chargers uh, 120 to 16 against the WFT. Moving on to Week 2, uh, that was a home opener at SoFi. George truly was there. And that was a great game, actually, against the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, really back-and-forth game. A lot of big plays in the game as well. Uh, unfortunately, there was a, a last-second field goal to finish off the game for the Cowboys. This was a game that that what i took out of it quite honestly was again herbert showing was was amazing he had a really great day uh against the cowboys played really well he led the way uh in regards to passing 31 out of 41 338 yards with one touchdown and two picks in that game but that was just a really good game for him put the yardage up and and just lead some great drives uh 408 yards total on offense but they did give up the defense. This is a, the first game we saw some uh, defensive breakdowns, as the uh, the Dallas Cowboys uh, ran for just under two hundred yards with two touchdowns on the ground. So between Ezekiel Elliott and Tony Pollard, there was a lot of damage done against our porous rush defense, and that that did hurt us in that game, uh, especially clock uh, clock management wise, uh, time of possession pretty much at even tilt at thirty minutes each. Uh, but again, those long sustaining drives by the Cowboys. And the rushing yardage that, that accumulated along with the many first downs that came with it uh, was one of the factors in that game being so close. And ultimately, with that 56-yard uh, game-winning touchdown by Greg Zerline at the end of the game. So some of the issues on that end. But again, a great game overall and a great showing by the, uh, by the offensive uh, uh, team on that side of it as well. Uh, going to week three, this was, this was the Herbert game. I'll call it the Herbert game, part one. Going to the Chiefs, and even though the Chiefs had, I think, just coming in from a, uh, a couple of losses coming in, and they, they, were, they were already uh, reeling, and they needed to get a good win here at home, and the Chargers did a magnificent job. This was such a strong game plan and execution. Uh, watching that game all the way through, the intensity felt like a playoff game, and I thought the Chargers did a, a magnificent job finishing off uh, the Chiefs at home against some adverse conditions and again herbert had a really really great game against uh, kansas city he was 26 out of 38 for 281 yards four touchdowns total that day with no interceptions and that's rivaling uh patrick mahomes that day who has had 260 yards three touchdowns of his own in the shootout uh along with two key interceptions so that was the thing we stayed interception free uh they made the turnovers and that is what counts at the end. You turn over that ball. Kansas City turned over the ball four times in that game. Uh, So that was beautiful by the Chargers to get that strong win in Kansas City and a first divisional win of this season, which was was really a key issue. Moving on to week four, you saw your Chargers play a primetime Monday night against the Las Vegas Raiders, the hot Las Vegas Raiders coming in, confident, flamboyant and they were ready to take it, and I tell you what, the lightning uh, in the sky was prevalent that day as there was a, a lightning delay in Los Angeles, believe it or not, for about a good 45 minutes or so. The Chargers took on the field, and Jay brought the domination. This was a 28-14 to 14 game, but I tell you, it did not feel even anywhere near that close. The Chargers really jumped on this team at 21-0 early and kept the fight going, Uh, they, the Raiders did come back in the third quarter early and make some points. They tried to make a a contest of it, but the Chargers defense really stepped up and got the key stops, uh, got the key turnovers. The Chargers offense was all over it. This was a really complete win for them. I thought one of the best games of the, uh, of the season as an overall team, Herbert had another magnificent game going 25 out of 39 for 222 yards with three touchdowns no interceptions and that was really crucial uh, again a turnover on the on the, on the Raiders side uh, assisted with this but again it was just the fourth downs were really something to look at as well in this one um, Brandon Staley as you've seen throughout this early young season here likes to go on forward on fourth downs and we'll talk about that a little bit later as well but in this game they were two out of three Uh, on fourth down conversions compared to the Raiders, one out of three. So great showing on that end as well. You're seeing these Chargers not just take risks per se, unwanted risks, but Brandon Staley has a great, great analytical uh, data mind in regards to what he's doing on fourth downs. And and we'll get into that, positives and negatives of that, here as we go on this podcast today. So finishing up uh, week five, our Chargers had, I thought, one of the more exciting games uh, of the season overall for the NFL season, and that was that uh, home barn burner at SoFi Stadium against the Cleveland Browns. And again, Browns were coming in hot, and this was one heck of a barn burner. Uh, The offenses exploded. Uh, There really was a lack of defense in this game, unfortunately. A lot of big plays happening. Uh, This was crucial, as we saw a lot of uh big plays against this chargers defense specifically against the run and again you're dealing with kareem hunt uh you're dealing with chubb these are two strong type a runners in the nfl and they took it to them uh, cleveland brought it to us and it, it did hurt as the browns put up 230 yards on the ground between both those running backs along with three touchdowns hey the chargers answered that uh they, they ran for 112 yards, the Chargers did, with three touchdowns of their own on the ground. So that was crucial. But again, the yardage that we're giving up against the run, in this case 230, uh, against Dallas at just under 200, that really does strike at home. Um, Baker Mayfield was actually really strong in this game, 23 out of 32, 305 yards with two touchdowns, no picks. And again, this was a Herbert part two game amazing effort. This is one of the best games Herbert has had 26 out of 43, just under 400 yards at three ninety eight with four touchdowns. that's, that's awesome. And here's a crucial key, zero interceptions. Again, protects the ball. Well, takes the gunslinger attitude, but does a great job with it and is able to run around and, and get out of pressure if he needs to. And I thought they did a, a great job on that third down uh, conversion rate, six out of 13 for your chargers. Here's another key. Fourth down, three out of three on fourth down. 100% from Brandon Staley and Justin Herbert taking it on fourth downs uh, compared to Cleveland, who went for it three times and only converted once. This is is awesome. It's great to see the fact that we are able to use all four downs on offense to get a first down and even more big plays. Uh, It's something so... Uh, that we're so not used to in the past that we're just that's how i think has affected a lot of our losses our close calls you know at one time those stats were coming up how we were like in 12 or 13 games with under three points or one point or two points and we're losing and there was a consistency to it um at that point when you're seeing that kind of data coming into you and you realize that you're losing close games and 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 you're seeing you have to look at it and see why we're losing close games right it could be a number of factors uh, that you maybe you can't control in some cases, right? With execution of play. However, if you look at it and go, "Hey, on that fourth and one from the forty, uh, from our own forty, or, or you know, fourth and two um, from the opponent's uh, you know fifty-yard line uh, or forty-five-yard line," those are the decisions to make to convert for first downs and more. Because by you giving up that ball and giving the other team that ball you're providing that opportunity for, uh, for them to score on you. Again, especially dangerous teams like a Kansas City and a Buffalo and some other teams you're playing against, uh, you give them that ball uh more than once uh that they're they're getting here in that quarter you're going to have a lot of problems if you if you're turning over the ball even on punts you're you're providing or you're at least you're putting your defense in a, in a negative position and yes sometimes that can hurt you especially if you go for it on fourth down which they did it against Baltimore uh this last week uh, on their own 20 plus yard line and we'll t- discuss that in a little bit can those come back and hurt you of course they can but you got to look at t- uh, distance and time and and, and score to get an idea of what you're doing, this is not a carte blanche, we go for, or go for it on fourth down every play. No, but you have to look at the time in the game, the points that you're either winning or losing by, the momentum, how you're looking on offense, what they're doing on defense. There's a lot of, there's a, a multiple factors going in to make those calls so it's not like hey we got a ballsy coach he's going to go for it on fourth down and every no that's not what it is if you're uh doing a a good job in the game and you're maintaining balance and it's a back and forth game you get it you're not going to take those crazy risks but if there's opportunities to be had you, you caught them on a different defense your offense is, is is has the momentum and they're running really well and herbert's on a nice little passing streak going on and you've got a one-on-one matchups you're looking for, yes, this is when you go for it, and you make make that team that goes just from staying in a game and, and going back and forth to that killer mentality that we're going for the jugular, and we are going to win this game. And I think that's what separates Brandon Staley from the other coaches we've had in the past. These other coaches that came in here, we're not bad coaches per se. Even going back to North Turner times, right? North Turner issues, Mike McCoy issues, right? All these guys were not bad offensive coordinators. They're actually some of the best offensive coordinators in the game at the time. Um, but what happened was they did not have that uh, head coaching mentality of going for the jugular, and uh, they didn't understand all perspectives of this game. And it is a it is a ballsy game. It's it's a it's a game where you've got to make these crucial decisions, but you're not making it off the cuff or just because you feel like it. uh, You're making it for a tactical reason, and those decisions will impact you in a win or loss situation. So when you're down by 23 or 24 with under 15 minutes to go, guess what? You're making some of those tough decisions again in Baltimore to go for it from your 20-yard line. Uh, Those are the things you have to maybe work on because if you don't, what, you're going to lose by 35 or 40 or compared to losing by 25? At that point, it doesn't matter. You're trying to get a first down. You're trying to get a win. You're trying to get a score to get back in that game. So I'm jumping the gun here on the Baltimore game, but I'm a little pissed off because I was listening to these broadcasters, and, and, you know, these guys are talking like, oh, how can Brandon Staley go for it on his own 20-plus yard line on fourth down and multiple yards, and now he's putting his team in a bad spot. Well, guess what? They were losing uh, mightily with limited time left on the clock be it third quarter or not this is a situation where you have to start playing for the win and that's what separates staley from a lot of the just the average coaches around the league that we're seeing so that was my uh, my uh, issue on fourth downs and i really am supportive of staley and how aggressive he is in the play calling uh, along with lombardi i think they're doing a really good job on the offensive front of it so Great stuff with that. I know we sidetracked for a moment on that on that Cleveland Browns uh, situation, but that was one amazing game uh, that they had, and with a forty-seven forty-two win. Uh, against the Browns that was again that was one of the, the best games I've ever seen uh, you know the only one I can re- reflect on even better was the the Colts wild card playoff game many years ago in San Diego when we came up with a win that was a Darren Sproles game uh, took back one for a touchdown on a punt return uh, but that was just an amazing game and I think this is like one of the best ones I've seen live so it it was great to see that win which brings us to the baltimore ravens this last sunday and this was pretty much a demolishment game for us um this was a tough game to swallow and of course there's a lot of negatives look at you know when you when you first open this up you're you're watching it and you're seeing it unfold and and you're seeing that baltimore ravens defense take it to this offense which they did this is herbert never had good momentum or tempo his passes were high they were uh, they're inaccurate. We had some drops, obviously, in the game as well. Um, guys weren't getting really great separation. The running game really wasn't there at all. The defense was just taking it taking it to the Chargers, and I thought that was very visible, very transparent to see. Uh, and that made an impact. And when you get when you get your quarterback hit so many times, uh, again now with Michael Schofield in, uh, Storm Norton in for our ailing um, offensive lineman with Abushi that's recently out with a, I believe an ACL and Balaga on IR with his uh, back and hip issues, you're seeing some of the offensive line deficiencies. So I think with that aspect, you've got to just look at it for what we have and kind of kind of work around it and and see how we can improve upon what we have. But I think games like this are really crucial for our Chargers to go through. It is a very adverse game uh, element, environment. Uh, You're playing in that Baltimore Raven uh, home field where it really is a strong home field for them, and they're going to be having to face these kind of teams in the playoffs, right? So seeing the Ravens, and even though – Lamar Jackson was not playing the best. He did throw an interception. His his stats were, were kind of relatively mild that day. Uh, he was moving this this team for first downs. He was making the right throws. Uh he stayed in pocket at times. He did run at times. I mean, he really the offensive um pressure on the on our defense was was too much to uphold. Uh, because again, our rushing defense is not able to stop anybody, and that's been one of the biggest Achilles heels for this team that Staley has to look at and see what they can do. I know we have some uh, some injuries up front uh, that we have to look at and see if these guys get back. I know Drew Tranquil's been out. Uh, I know... Um Kenneth Murray's been out. Uh, these are impactful issues, right? Along with your uh, defensive linemen, they're out. So these are the issues. Jerry Tillery has to step up a little bit and make uh, make more of an impact. I know Lindell Joseph plays a strong clog in the middle. Uh, again, Bosa has been asked to do a lot. I mean, you're seeing the videos from getting triple teamed, right? I mean, once you have that, other guys have to make an impact. I mean, you got one guy getting tripled. Uh, you, you're, you're on a one-on-one situation. You got to make an impact. And I think this is key, for this uh, for this defense to uh, really upgrade their uh, rushing defense. Otherwise, we're going to get run on all year by these teams. They're going to control the clock. They're going to move the chains, and they're going to score. And that's going to put us in a perilous spot where all, we're always asking for Herbert to come back and keep scoring and keep scoring, and the pressure's on that offense all the time. And that's not what you want. You need some nice defensive pressures. You need some nice defensive stops. Uh, that way you get your offense on a nice... Nice flow in the game without having the extra pressure of trying to score each time to to keep up. And that's what it felt like the last few weeks, especially starting in the Dallas game. Even though it was only 2017, uh, that that game just kept like it was going back and forth a lot. And, of course, we saw it happen with Cleveland as we talked about, the shootout there. Uh, we don't want to get into those predicaments because that's going to end up in a, in a kick situation to win the game or a or a turnover that's going to cause uh, uh, the win one way or another. Speaking of, of kicks... Uh, Vascaino, I mean that this is, this has been a problem. You have, you cannot miss five extra points and, and, and you know, that's, that's been the issue the, the extra points. I mean, the field goal issues, I haven't seen as much, but the extra points, you, you missed five there in the last couple of games. That's, that's crucial. And this is what's going to keep you from, uh, from a winner or a loss. So this, this is big, uh, again, that showed its ugly head in, um, against the Dallas Cowboys. He missed a field goal at the end of first half and he mixed, uh, he missed uh, two extra points right? That's five points right there. So that could have been a win. That's something they have to look at and they're going to see if there's any changes going to be made uh, for a different kicker. Uh, otherwise, the only differences on special teams was the fact that um, Andre Roberts, Roberts was signed and he is a punt return kicker turn man because there's really been not a very active uh, punt return or kickoff return. They're using Roundtree many times the last few weeks and he was not doing really well coming out of that. Um, end zone. They used Jalen Guyton last week, and you don't want him getting beat up on that as a kickoff returner. And uh, I think hopefully with Andre Roberts, this this you know he can bring what he had last year and the year prior, uh, and and hopefully give that spark that the Chargers need on special teams. I know Brandon Staley made a point of it uh, last week when he was talking about the Ravens and acknowledging what a great game they had. Is he also said? what a positive factor the special teams were for the Ravens by establishing great field position for their offense to operate under. And he was mentioning how the Chargers were not starting off uh, in, in positive field position, and that did hurt our drives by by Herbert having to go 75 yards or more compared to the Ravens getting really good um, responses on special teams via kickoffs or punt returns and establishing positive yardage and having a shorter field to score on, uh, be it field goals or touchdowns. So that's something that I think overall will be a great theme to look at uh, for, the, for next season as well. I'm not writing it off for this season, but it's kind of hard to get guys. I, mean, I, I commend them for going after and getting an Andre Roberts that will hopefully make an impact uh, in this season. But no one's going to give you away their their special team aces, right? So I think that's something they have to look at for next season when they're doing the draft is, yeah, you need guys that are going to be potential starters on your team. That's how you have to look at for the draft, correct? But you also need guys that are going to be impactful immediately uh, on your roster of special team players. And that's key. And that your top choices could end up being special team guys here, or at least the middle choices, third, fourth, fifth round guys should be seeing the field uh, immediately on special teams. So you're saving your 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 stud players from being on special teams. You don't want these guys getting hurt, and you also need these guys making the plays on special teams a hundred percent and making an impact. So that's the issue on that end. Hey, it's been six games. We're four and two you got to put a smile on your face on that one. Four and two, no matter what the taste feels like from that loss last week, and it did taste bad, you're four and two. And you're first place in the AFC West. You have two divisional wins in your pocket. That's why you're in first place. And that's strong. And that's only going to carry you. Now, with this coaching staff and this team that we have, I think they can fix or at least mask some of the deficiencies we talked about. Deficiency number one. Rushing defense, right? We're hopefully getting players back. Hopefully, the injury bug will be better for us, and we get these guys back playing better. Hopefully, some scheme changes up front on the first on the front four will do a better job of containing those rushing lanes, especially in, on the A and B gaps in the middle. Um, secondly, uh, I love our secondary; it's playing really well. I think the 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 corners, Asante Samuel Jr., we didn't talk about earlier, has done a great job starting out. Uh, and I of course Mike Davis on the other side, and now you're seeing Tavon Campbell getting uh, progression throughout the game uh, on, the, on those outside corner spots. Chris Harris has been out quite a while with injuries. He just came back recently, but I think you're seeing a, a lot. Derwin James has been a factor. I mean that interception he had a couple weeks ago was amazing, um, that to seal the game for them. I mean these are crucial, crucial plays. Nasir Adderley is playing much better than what he played. Uh, Last year, And he's really becoming a dominant force back there along with Derwin. He had an injury last week, obviously, and hopefully he'll come back after the bye. So I think defensively speaking, I think those are some of the issues to work on on that rush defense to get it better. But overall, that defense is is playing well and could be a a top-notch defense if they correct some of the deficiencies up front. On the offensive side, this is Herbert playing at an MVP level. Uh, You might say second-tier MVP, first-tier MVP – I don't care what you want to think or what the NFL thinks. He is MVP-level caliber. Um, His stats are amazing. Uh, Pro Football Focus recently recently provided uh, information on that. Justin Herbert is the fourth-ranked, highest-ranked quarterback at 83.5% for Pro Football Focus. Uh, Just above him is uh, Kirk Cousins at 88, Russell Wilson at 89, and Tom Brady at 91. So that's pretty strong right that's pretty strong it looks great the Chargers offense pro football focus has him at number 10 right now as well uh, that's coming after a bad Ravens loss so that's where you have it I think Herbert is is obviously the key I think that this offensive uh, receiving uh, group is, is really strong with Mike Williams I know he got uh, hurt last couple weeks with this knee issue that kept him out of that Ravens game and after about a about what five or ten minutes uh, of playing had a really nice catch and got hit on that knee again and, and went out of the game I didn't see him afterwards so Mike Williams has really had a, uh, a great season so far. And I think the way they're using him right now is, uh, is really the right way of doing it. It's not just the jump balls anymore like we saw last couple of years. They're actually using the right ways of slants and outs and every which way to get him open and get some great plays going on for him so he can catch that ball and run with it because he's an exceptional runner. He's a big man when, uh, running down the field. One guy is not going to be able to, to, to corral him. So smart way of using him. Uh, that's the way it should have been used last couple of years, actually. Uh, again, Keenan Allen's there, ace receiver, Jalen Guyton stepped up as the number three. Um, and I think you're seeing, uh, the rookie stepping in with Joshua Palmer. He's doing a good job of of getting in the game system as well, getting the game flow. So that's good on the offensive side. The, the backs are doing fine. Austin Eckler, keep him healthy. He can have those, those dominant games, which he had against the Raiders and against the Browns. This is what you're looking for, right? So this is these are strong games for him. Uh, Justin Jackson recently went out again with an injury. That's his DNA, man. It's, it is what it is. It's, this kid gets hurt all the time, and it only provides Joshua Kelly with more opportunity now to to get in. I thought he did a good job a couple of weeks ago uh, as well of playing. So I think he'll he'll do a good job stepping up. I think he's a good number two to step in. Uh, Roundtree looks like that tough runner that we expected coming out this year. So I'm like I'm hoping to see a little more with him. I am expecting a little better. Uh, um, I think he could break more tackles going through these, these, uh, A and B gaps. And I want to see a little more dominance of him. He's a big guy that carries a load running downhill. Just want to see a little bit more from him to get to those, make those three yards into seven yards, make those seven yards into 15 yards and kind of really bring the, bring the damage that he can bring. So offensively, yeah, I like it. Lastly, the only issue I'm concerned about right now on offense is that offensive line as we spoke about Storm Norton. I think, you know, obviously he came in under duress. He's given up some pressures, obviously. But he really has been holding his own, especially against that Cleveland game. I was watching that Cleveland game, man. And, and he held his own really tough uh, against Garrett. This is, a, this is a tough defense that they played against. And I thought he did really, really well. Uh, so I think the more repetitions, uh, getting this kid ready going, uh, I think he'll, look, for next year, I, I look at him as a, as a swing tackle. Now, I don't want him starting, but I want him as a swing tackle. and I think he'll do a fabulous job that way. Um, so until we hold up the fort, let's see when Blaga gets back, if he gets back this season. But right now, Storm is actually doing a decent job. Um, my other concern is going to be uh, Schofield inside. Uh, this is a second stint with the Chargers. You know, they brought him in and they didn't have any trust in him with anybody else. They brought him in and, and so far he's doing okay, but my eyes will be on him as we watch these all 22s on film to get a better idea of, of how he's performing. But again, those are what we saw this week against the Ravens. A little bit of leaky uh offensive line, a lot of pressure. And again, it was the Ravens defense, which hadn't been playing that great this season, uh, but really brought it to us last week. And I, I just want to see how that how we can improve from the protection standpoint on that end. Uh, but again, you have Herbert back there, keep him healthy. He's gonna keep you in all these games and, and get you some W's. So that's crucial. In conclusion, this has been six weeks of great football. Uh, like Staley said, they, they beat four really good football teams and they lost to two really good football teams. So this has been great to watch. And again, I, I can't wait to see what happens on our second part of our season coming off the bye. Hopefully get these cats back and uh, get these injuries limited. You can never control these injuries, but if you can limit them and have these guys come back, that's going to be key. Uh, looking forward to seeing the Patriots game on the 31st. Yours truly will be there watching and we'll come back that week. Uh, by that Tuesday and get you a debrief on that Patriot game hope you guys are doing well we appreciate all of you listening and passing along the information for Extreme Voltage Uh, just a few people to thank before we leave my man across the glass our producer Tyrell Mad Dog Wiggins appreciate you buddy and I'd like to thank our music composer Kevin McLeod for Strength of the Titans and the Ice Giants you can find Kevin at filmmusic.io my name is Dean Malconian this is Extreme Voltage we'll see you soon take care